This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast. And we're back again with the hottest topic in any kind of sphere at the moment, I think. Although it's been around since since the 70s, AI. So is it still that hot? Well, apparently it is. Because people write articles about it. And I'm not alone. I've got Dave here. I want to introduce you. Give me a second. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm done now. (laughs) What is old is new again, indeed. Um, Yes. Well, we're not just talking about AI. We've talked about AI before. We're talking about regulating AI and what the what, the where, the how, and the why of regulating AI. This was inspired initially by a uh, IEEE.org um, uh, website article that came out, um, which you know talks about the variety of different approaches that various different countries and regions are taking. Uh, but we, we, I believe, have our own spin and thoughts on this. Yes, and you already gave kind of a introduction to our own spin on it because you said the who, the where, the how, and the why. Now, this mm-hmm. article and most articles never touch the why. They're all looking at how it's being done and who's doing it and uh, that kind of stuff, the, the technicalities behind it. But I haven't seen that much thought behind the sense or nonsense of AI regulation as a concept. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I read articles like this, that's mainly the thing that I'm thinking about. What that comes to mind for me is why are people doing this? Why do they see there's a need or, well, there's not really people against regulation at the moment, which is kind of surprising because mm. typically when government says we want laws against uh, blah, blah, there's always some kind of opposition against it. And in this case, I haven't really seen any is kind of surprising i think there are people suggesting that depending on i I don't think it's people so much as saying that there shouldn't be regulation but i think there are definitely people saying like it depends where that regulation lands so like if the regulation is overly controlling prescriptive you know whatever it might be however you want to phrase it then people are concerned that that's going to significantly stifle innovation. That angle I have seen. Yes, but not from the usual suspects. Because you would expect that that angle would be used by the big companies, tech companies that are making money or will or trying to make money out of the whole AI thing. Those are the companies, and I'm talking about the Microsoft, the Google, Amazon, I guess as well. Uh, OpenAI, which is a part of uh, Microsoft more or less, um, Mm -hmm. those would be the ones that would feel stifled by overly aggressive uh, regulations. But surprisingly, Google is one of the biggest proponents for AI regulations. They are screaming over the rooftops, it should be regulated, which is very strange, I find. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that OpenAI, who is or who are, you know, the the darlings at the moment mm-hmm. of this sort of revolution are themselves calling for regulation is kind of surprising. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what they're sort of looking to get out of this. Whether they're looking to extend their lead by helping to shape 
the regulation because they are so far ahead. Um, but before we have this, this question of, around kind of regulating AI, I think one of the questions I have is, do, do we need to even regulate AI at all? Because AI is used for things. Those things already have regulations. Do, mm -hmm. do we need to add additional regulations just because something is being done by AI? So for example, there's a, there's a section in the article that talks about um, having a tiered structure based on risks. So applications that pose a unacceptable risk would be banned. So, you know, I would think, you know, the ability to fire off weapons without any human in the loop, for example, is probably going to be something that would be considered unacceptable risk or fully automated AI launching of uh, nuclear weapons a la um, war games. Yeah, um, but that's going to be government secret, so it'll never be yeah, under but the I'm laws just, anyway. So I'm just using that as, a, as an example. So then they talk about high risk, uh, which would be applications in fields of just finance, the justice system, and medicine would be subject to strict oversight. And then limited risk, such as ch uh, chatbots, would require disclosures. Now, things that are high risk, so like, uh, sorry, things that pose an unacceptable risk, like military systems that like I was talking about, already have a lot of very strict governance. The high risk categories, things in finance, the justice system and medicine also already have very strict guidelines about what is and what is not acceptable. And, you know, chatbots, I don't think anyone gives a a monkey is what people do with chatbots. But they get wrong there. But um, you know, in the same way that there are there are um expectations of what is acceptable from a human um providing a service through uh, a chatbot interface, that you know, the is there any is there any difference? Is there anything that that makes this so that the existing guidelines could not just be applied? whether we're talking about something AI generated or something created by a person? Um, I don't know. I'll let you decide on that one. But uh, I think your statement about chatbots who cares about them is wrong. Sorry. From a legislation perspective, you think that people care about legislation for yes. chatbots? Why? Because mm -hmm. that's what's touching the people's and the only reason I think that things like the EU and US governments are looking at this is because AI is a hype. And the people, the voters, are being faced with AI primarily through the new ChatGPT, ChatBotty kind of things. And because it's something that's now in the people, in the voters' eye, regulation regulators want to be seen as we are at the front of things we want to do things protect or whatever so we're going to put legislation regulation in there so yes you're totally right the ai used in chatbots is okay maybe my evening dinner meal recipe you created by the chatbot won't be as tasty as it should have been it's not going to kill me hopefully mm. maybe but 
I think that chatbot angle is the reason these kind of things are happening now. Because again, the, uh, the extreme risk or the highest risk category there, the military things, they're fully regulated and they can just say, yes, there's regulation, we don't care. Because it's military. Black ops, secret ops, they can do what they want. The finance stuff, well, they are, have been using AI for decades now, I think. Any kind of mortgage thing has been, in, has been through an AI bot at this point. And there have been legislation around uh, explainability and that kind of mm -hmm. things for that those kind of AI applications. So you're right, that's there too. The only thing that's new is the user interface towards the voters. And that's why I think, very cynically perhaps, regulators, governments are looking at this and making such a big brouhaha around this. Because when you were preparing for this, I also pointed out a little, uh, a little paragraph in the text there that said that the EU legal text should be finished by the end of 2023, and then it will mm. take about two years to come into effect. Well, three years or two and a half years from now? Yeah. <laughs> think, think back two and a half years. <laughs> well, the other thing is that this is the um, this tiered structure, which I remember us actually talking about yes. before, um, was in the proposed um, April 2021 um, European Commission uh, proposed AI Act. So, you know, this is just, you know, we're, we're now kind of mid-2023 and we're still talking about and debating, oh, is this a good thing? Is this something we should be doing? It kind of proves uh, my blah, point. Blah. They don't care yeah. about the law. They just care about being seen to be doing something positive for the populace, for the voters. And that's just bad, because in my opinion, chatbots should not be regulated. Because we also don't regulate Reddit. We also don't regulate uh, mm. review sites on Amazon or book review sites or whatever. We don't uh, censor or curate anything on forums. Typically, you, Mr. Person, listen to the podcast and all the other persons not listening to the podcast. I mean, they won't hear it, but still I'm addressing them too. When you read something on the internet and it's too good to be true, it probably is. Use your own mind. And these kind of regulations create, in my opinion, and this is very extreme of perhaps, but still, it creates a, a, an atmosphere where people are no longer responsible, no longer feel responsible for their actions. Because, well, the chatbot said that, and nobody said the chatbot was wrong, so I didn't have to use my brain. I don't have to take responsibility for that. And a lot of uh, social media garbage is born out of this kind of attitude. If the internet says that it must be true, and I'm not going to use my own education or intelligence to look at it critically. And these kind of regulations, I mean, again, two years in the future, and by then it's not still not going to be there, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's a squid, it's an octopus, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so intangible, it's impossible to regulate something like this. But people think that government will protect them from bad choices. And mm. they, government can't do that. Government can at most protect you from the consequences of bad choices, limiting things by enforcing things like uh, insurance, for example. You need a car insurance. Mm. They don't say your car will never get broken. <laughs> they just make, yeah. if it breaks, if you hit something, at least you'll have a kind of a fallback. And that's what this well, is good for. I mean, it's not even that, is it? it they, they don't really care about you and your car. They care about you know, the damage you do to someone else or something yes. else. True, but if I didn't have insurance, I would have to pay that from future yeah. wages, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it would still affect me. And at least sure. the, the, the the victim can be 
hopefully adequately compensated. compensated. Yeah. And I because uh, if you're in a situation, because it does exist, people that drive around without insurance, mm. if that happens, there is still a government institution, at least in the Netherlands, I'm assuming other countries have something similar, that still uh, makes sure that the victims get uh, compensated. But the person who didn't have the insurance uh, will then go to jail or be yeah. uh, deducted from his uh, monthly wages for the rest of his, his or her life or something like that. So again, protecting from the consequences. And in yeah. this case, they're trying to protect something that is so intangible. I don't think it makes sense at all. And again, for me, it's purely a PR stunt. Yeah. I mean, at this point, given that this was proposed, like this was proposed by the by the EU back in 2021. We're now kind of went early 2021. We're now mid 2023. Maybe something will get finalized across the EU at least, end of 2023, maybe another two years for it to come into effect. Like by that time, I don't actually even, given how far and how fast things have evolved just in the last year or 18 months or so, I, I don't know what, like in my mind, like the legislation will either be so generic as mm -hmm. to be almost really un, uh, not unusable but unapplicable it, it, yeah like it just won't it won't provide any real uh impact or guidance or, or useful sort of conversation there or not conversation any useful um impact there or they'll try and put a level of specificity in with an aim to making it more direct, more applicable, um, and that sort of thing. But by the time it's in effect, like who knows what, how things will have evolved. And I, I mean, this is, I think we're, we're now getting into just general problems with, with the, the legal system <laughs> and the, the, the time it takes for things like this to come into effect. But this is why I go back to this idea of, well, we already have regulations in place for things. Are we just making, are we just making life difficult for ourselves by trying to think that AI is, is a, is fundamentally different. Surely the existing controls should be broad enough to provide protection against abuse, whether we're talking about abuse through mm -hmm. AI or abuse by, you know, people that are trying to bend, defraud, corrupt, break, or otherwise mistreat the system, whatever the system is we're talking about. No, I don't think that comes into the picture at all, because don't forget that laws are created by governments, but, but instigated by lobbyists. Somebody put the idea in the heads of the legislators at the US, uh, EU, UK, whatever governments that there should be regulation. And very rarely at this moment, at this point for the, this uh, Gen AI and uh, general AI stuff, those lobbyists are actually coming from the big tech companies. So I think actually you're right. They are tracking, trying to make things difficult for competition. They already talked a bit about making themselves more uh, more more valuable by steering how legislation goes so they can put in their own advantage. But I mean, that, that's my guess. Yeah, yeah but it's like, so vague that that isn't going to happen. For me, mm -hmm. I think it's more that they want to put roadblocks on uh, up so that new 
open source, non-open source, whatever, people trying to enter this fray. Just imagine that there's a compliance you have to do. Think of an ISO something something compliance. Mm -hmm. Getting such a certificate takes years and a lot of money in people and effort and things like that. If it would come to a point where if you want to sell something with AI, you need to be compliant with the blah, blah, blah. A small startup is dead in the waters. And the big tech companies, the Googles and the Microsofts and the Amazons and the Facebooks and whatever, whoever I'm forgetting, uh, they are able to really protect their investments, which have been huge. I mean, you can say what you want. This, is, this hasn't been cheap. <laughs> mm. um, but in a very market-breaking way. And I mean, the FTC is maybe looking at the uh, buying of uh, Activision by Microsoft. Uh, they shouldn't be looking at that. They should be looking at something like this, how this mm. kind of legislation, regulation, sorry, would hamper innovation because big tech is putting, throwing down the lines, the borderlines, where you, you will not cross unless. Yeah, I mean, this at the moment, I don't see, I, I don't see much, I don't see much coming out of this that's going to be particularly useful, basically. I just I can't. Oh, lawyers like, will make millions out of this. Uh, yeah, as I said, I don't see anything <laughs> coming out of this that's going to be particularly useful. Uh, no, but that being said, do we need a ethical guideline on the use of AI? I mean, for me, ethics are very hard to formulate in a regulation or a law. Mm. I mean, they tried it in like 2023 years ago, if you're in a certain religion, <laughs> it's called the mm. Bible. I was older than that. Then commandments, the attempt of doing ethical things, and they're very strict and broad and vague and have been misinterpreted through the eons. <laughs> doing something like this for e for AI. I, I, I just go back to my, my earlier comments. Like I, I think we need to we need to make sure that we're not limiting, you know, the regulations and the thoughts we're putting in here to, to just AI. And because, you know, AI is just the current hot fad. Um Isn't that blockchain? Oh dear. You had to mention it, didn't you? I mean that's been my head for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Web three, web three. No, I, so yeah, I I know that. I I think that uh, at the moment, I don't. Uh, what I what I don't understand is I don't understand why why this is getting so much um, attention and focus when I don't think this is the question that we really need to be asking. I think the question we really need to be asking is um, what. Why are why are we treating AI differently from any other approach to something? Yeah, and I think the answer is simple: populism. It's what's in the head and the mind of the voters, so that's what they take care of. Because I mean, in my very cynical view, whenever you read about something in a newspaper, it's because somebody wants you to think about that and not all the other stuff that's going wrong in the world. I yeah. mean, a third of the world is dying of hunger. I don't know articles about that. I think it's more important than what AI will do in the next 50 years. It's probably not going to solve world hunger, that's for sure. I don't know. I welcome our AI overlords uh, when they appear. 
Uh, and on that note, I think that is all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast and maybe become one of our AI overlords by becoming a Patreon. Every contribution really does help. We are on YouTube. Uh, you can like, you can subscribe, you can hit the notification bell, comment, do all the YouTube things. You can also go to roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. You can maybe follow us on Twitter using the at roaringelephant tag, kind of, sort of. And you can definitely send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. But until next time, my name is not one of the AI overlords, Dave. And my name is all your bases are belong to us. <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week. Or until the apocalypse. Goodbye. See you then.